0: My goodness, what a great morning it's been so far. So what I wanted to show you here is we have a coffee mug for every person that's 60 and over, and it says joy on it, just older youth, and that's from our church, and it's, full, it's filled with candy and lots of goodies there, so make sure if you're 60 and older, you get one on your way out. So let me ask, who up here is like 60 and older? Oh, Kathy, I'm going to give this to you so you don't have to worry about There you go. This is my mother-in-law, everybody. i got to make sure I take care of her first. <laughs> It's hard to buy for her for Christmas because she gave me the greatest gift ever, her daughter. So it's kind of hard to to kind of justify that. But anyways, wow, what a great time to be in church today. And I'm excited about what God's doing. But before I move on, I also want to acknowledge that today is September 11th. 21 years ago today, the Twin Towers fell down and our our country was attacked. And so I never want to forget that. I want, I want us to remind remind ourselves and to remember that we need God, everybody. Amen. You know, that's what we've been talking about these last several Sundays. And I want to clear some things up because I just want to make sure you understand what the Lord has laid on my heart. For you that are new, over the summer, we were going through a series of the Bible. We were just studying people whose lives were utterly transformed by Christ. And the Lord just dropped in my spirit that I want to change course. And so we began to talk about revival and what that is. We hear a lot of people saying we want revival. We want God to send His Spirit one more time. And sometimes we get so caught up in this, we think that revival has to be what we've experienced in the past. And many of us talk about the great revivals of the past, and we say, man, I want this to happen again. And how many in this room you want revival to happen again? We have generations of people that need to know Jesus. Well, my heart was, as we think about this thing of revival, I felt like it was important for me to address our church that, listen, God does not depend on us for revival. You understand that? I mean, that revival can happen at any second, any moment. And listen, we don't get the glory. It's God that steps in and does it. I mean, he could step in right now, snap his finger, and we would all lay prostrate on the ground and revival happens. Right? I do believe that. But I also believe as followers of Jesus, there are things That we must be doing, as Christ followers, that spirituality will come out of us. Now, I'm not saying these 12 things, now you can go to the next screen, these 12 facets are steps, and we say, God, if we do these 12 things, you have to send revival or else. I'm not saying that. Really, we can actually put the word revival away and really talk about God wants us to be a spiritual people. A people that is alive and well serving God. And we gave you these 12 facets of what it means to be spiritual. These are not steps. These are things that we should be doing every single day in our lives. In other words, the first one is relational spirituality, meaning this. We serve a living God. Our God is not dead. He is alive. He is working on our behalf. He will never leave us. He will never fail us. He will never forsaken us. He's more than religion, everybody. He's a relational God that desires to be with us relationally every single day. Amen. Meaning that as we are relationally with God, we begin to see ourselves for who we really are. We are depraved. But we also have dignity because Jesus stepped into the picture and bought our salvation. Amen, everybody. So God wants us to understand it's a relationship. When I come into here, it's more than church. It's a relationship. When I leave and drive off the property of this church and I go to my house, it's a relationship of a living God who is not dead. Meaning that when I leave this church, church goes with me because I am the church. I live as a follower of Jesus every single day of my life, not just on Sunday mornings. Amen. The second part of this following Jesus is that this relational God, it's how we think. We talked about this paradigm spirituality. We have a lot of people that are living for temporary things. You know, things that will not matter, things that will pass away, things that will rust and decay, things that will get old and people spend their whole lives trying to get these things. For example, yesterday, as we were antiquing, walking through the antique shops, I began to look at things all over the place. I mean, there was stuff everywhere. And I was thinking, these are possessions that people had worked so hard to achieve. Some of these possessions, maybe man, whoever was trying to achieve them, worked so hard and maybe gave up dreams in their life so that things, I mean, you could look and you would see wedding rings and you would see big, nice wooden chests and all these kind of things that we would go in and buy. and, And and I know a couple of them picked up some paintings and these are people's life's work, Right. But these people, perhaps they spent their whole life trying to get these things and whatever happened, maybe it was death or or maybe they were downsizing because of a life transition and all these things. All of a sudden, these material possessions now are not what they were when they first were purchased, right? Things that might have cost a lot of money for someone else, now we're paying for $10 and $8, y'all following me. So it's important how we think. Yeah, we serve a relational God, but we also got to understand that it's more than just the temporary life that we're living for. We are living for eternity, everybody. No matter what happens in this world, I have a future hope. That means that if the doctor says you have cancer or if the the business leader says you're losing your job, I don't have to panic because I am not living for the temporary. I'm living for the eternal. And I know when my attitude is right and I seek first the kingdom of God, the Bible says that all these things will be what? Added to us. God knows we need jobs. God knows we need the things that we have need of. But when my heart is right and I'm living for the eternal, knowing that there's a future hope for me, all of a sudden, everything else begins to be released in my life. And then last Sunday, we talked about this concept of understanding that there's dependence upon Christ, but there's also self. There's spiritual disciplines that we have to follow. Listen, you know, we talked about the two extremes and I'm sorry I'm going over this, but I want you to get this because here's the deal. There's two extremes to this. There are some people that say, well, I've got to depend on God for everything, meaning that God will take care of this situation and I don't have to do anything. How many of y'all know that's not right in the Bible? There are things that we have to do. If there's unforgiveness, what does the Bible tell us to do? Go make it right, right? If there are things that are happening, we've got to make sure we take care of it. So we said there is a balance between the dependence of God and the spiritual disciplines in our life. But there are some who spend all their time with spiritual disciplines that all of a sudden the Spirit of God does not affect their life. And how many of y'all know that's when we get in trouble and we start living in our own power? We need balance. And so today we come to this whole idea as, as we walk with Jesus, when we give our hearts to Christ... We don't live like we used to live. We call this we've exchanged a life for something new. We've exchanged sin for for our salvation, right? Are you with me? We God has exchanged. He's taken the old and made all things new. He has transformed us. And if you're transformed, it means you're not who you used to be. Amen everybody. So I want you I want to encourage you because listen, I want revival. So let's not even think about that. What I want is I want spiritual people that when God does send revival, we see it with our eyes and we get ourselves prepared for what God's about to do. Amen, everybody. So we're going to talk about this exchange spirituality. And here's what I want to share with you. How many's glad this morning that's given your heart to Christ? You're no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. Come on, somebody. You're no longer on the outside. But as a follower of Christ, you are now on the inside as a son and daughter of Christ. Meaning that all the the blessings and the promises that were given to Abraham through the Old Testament are now our promises as we live on this side of the cross. An even greater covenant that God has given to us, that he will empower us with his spirit. This same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that operates inside of you in this day, 2022. Amen, somebody. So let's move on into this and let's really speak about this. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church of Colossi here. And it's not only to this church, but it's to us also. So let's read it together in verse 9. If you have your sermon notes, you can pull those out. You can follow along. For you that are tech savvy, um, you can go to that link and all the stuff will be on your phone. You can follow it there and put the notes in there too. But in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, here's what the writer is saying. Paul's saying this. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard we heard it, do not cease to what? To pray for you. Now, for the generation that are 60 and older, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for this generation. Pray for them. But Paul says, I do not cease to pray for you. And here's what he's praying about. He says, and I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I'm not just praying for you. This is what I'm praying for you about. I'm praying that God would fill you with wisdom and give you spiritual understanding that you you may walk worthy of the Lord. Read it with me, everybody. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of who? Listen, sometimes we just read over this. Are you seeing what Paul is praying for those that follow Christ? That you will have wisdom and spiritual understanding. Then verse 11 says, he continues on, that you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience. How many loves that word patience? Mm. Let me just, let me put a sila here. You know what that means? Let's stop and think about it. Not only patience, but long suffering with joy. How many of y'all know we're going to have days in our life where our patience is going to wax thin? We're going to have days where we have to have some long suffering or we would just kill somebody. Come on, somebody. Right? Then he says in verse 12, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance of the saints in the light. Nothing's hidden with God. Verse 13 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood and the what? The forgiveness of sins. So, Lord, I just pray that you will speak through me. I pray, God, that your hand would be upon this congregation. And I pray, Lord, that our spiritual ears would be opened because I know there are many people in this room that are facing some hard things some decisions that have to be made. I just pray, God, that the peace of God right now would begin to flow throughout this congregation for those in this room and those watching online. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. So when it comes to following Jesus, we know we serve a relational God. We know we have to think eternally. We know that there's a balance between uh, his divine presence and our spiritual disciplines as we uh, work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling. But now we have to understand we are living an exchange life. When you came to this altar or wherever you were saved at at your bed or in your car or wherever you called upon the name of Jesus, in that moment of salvation, something happened to you. Something was exchanged out of you. So the best way to do this, so forgive me here, I brought my black lobe, my my black robe. This is for uh, Miss Judy Owens. her Presbyterian background. (laughs) All right. So I thought of this. This is what happens when we gave our heart to Christ. All right. I brought the black robe because we know that uh, sin is represented by darkness and blackness, right? So when I came to the altar, And I gave my heart to Christ, and I said, Lord, be king of kings and lord of lord of my heart. Take away the flesh out of me. I know that we still fight our flesh as followers of Christ. We have our days where the enemy tests us, who who comes against us, the enemy called Satan. We know that there's a real devil. Come on, right, everybody? We know he's alive. We know he's fighting against God's God's people. But when I came to Christ and I said, Lord, I repent of my sins. I give myself to you. Something happened. The Lord, I wanted to get a white choir robe, but I couldn't find one. The Lord took my sin and He exchanged it for His righteousness. In other words, we put on Jesus. When the Father looks down at us, He no longer sees what we used to be, He sees now His Son operating in us. In other words, this life has been exchanged for his life. <laughs> I want to get you to get this, because here's the deal. These 12 things are not steps. These things are what we do in our life. You see, now when I approach this living, relational God, I no longer come to him as broken, sinful man. I come to him in the image of his son, saying, Lord, Master, Father, Daddy, I need you. Amen. He no longer sees who I used to be, but I've been transformed and renewed of who I am. So the first thing I want to give you here for your notes is this. When I gave my heart to Christ, this old knowledge of who I thought I was and who I thought that I was supposed to be was changed. So what did God do? He exchanged it for some new knowledge. In other words, he given us this thing called the Word of God that tells us exactly how we're supposed to live our life, it tells us exactly. The Bible talks about being a mirror. When I look at the Word, do I see Jesus as I, re- as I reflect back to me? Am I walking according to what the Word says? Amen. So this new knowledge, the Bible says, I'm praying for you in Colossians chapter nine. And he says this, that you may be filled with what? With knowledge of His will. And all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here's what happens. When we give our hearts to Christ, something happens with our mind. Our mind is no longer controlled by the enemy. Come on, somebody. Some of you are sitting here this morning watching online in this room, and the devil is bombarding you from your past. He's doing reruns from your life. Yeah, you can't do anything for God because you used to do this, or or you hurt this person, or or you did this, and it's just running over and over. I'm 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 a nobody. I'm a mistake. I can't do anything right. Here's the power of exchange, everybody. When Jesus came into your heart, the devil no longer has authority over your mind. According to Romans 6, when I enter into sin or when I enter into a situation, I now have the power of God on my side that I can say, no, my mind is not thinking those thoughts. My mind are thinking the things of God. And the more of the word of God I put into my mind, the greater enforcement and the greater weapon that I have against the tricks and the strategies of the enemy. Boy, y'all preaching me tired today. I'm feeling good up here. Sweating like a pig up here. I tell you this, I'm going to tell you again. That's why I try to lose weight. I can't lose weight because I start sweating and I smell barbecue and I get hungry. That was gross. Let's move on. Okay. But God renews our mind. We are transformed. When you gave your heart to Christ, you have been transformed. You are no longer who you used to be. You are a new creation. You are a son and daughter of Christ. So when the enemy comes in and tries to put your reruns into your head, you need to tell him to get behind you in the name of Jesus because he has no right, no authority. As a child of God, you are a son or a daughter of Christ, and now you stand with the authority of Christ in your life. You are transformed. Your mind is no longer captive by the enemy. Listen, who are we in Christ I want you all to know something. Every human being in this world, there are things that we all want. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want significance. We all want identity. We all want competence and we all want fulfillment in our life. And how many of y'all know Jesus gave us every one of those? In this room, you have been accepted by God. I can give you John 1 verse 12. I'm a child of God. John 15 verse 15. I'm Christ's friend. Romans 5 1. I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6 17. I am united with the Lord and I am one with Him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 20. I am a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1 1. I am holy in Christ. Ephesians 1 5. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1 14. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins y'all need more all right not only have you been accepted but you have security in christ i am free from condemnation no matter who you used to be or what you used to do when jesus came into the picture he has brought freedom and given you security of your past you're no longer who you used to be pastor you don't understand I'm an adulteress, I'm a drug addict, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. No, not according to Christ. Because when Christ sees you, He don't see your past, He sees your future as a child of God. Romans. <laughs> Romans 8.28, what does it say here? I'm assured of all things, work together for good. Romans 8.31-34, I am free from any condemning charges against me. Romans 8.35-39, I cannot be separated from the love of God. Second Corinthians 1, 21 through 22 I have been established, I have been anointed, and I have been sealed by God. Come on, somebody. Not only are we accepted, not only are we secure, but we are significant. Matthew 5 tells us that I am the salt and the light of the earth. John 15, 1-5, I am the branch of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life. John 15, verse 16, what does it say here? I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Acts 1-8, I am a per- personal witness of Christ. First Corinthians 3-16, I am God's temple. Whew, I'm just on my first point, everybody. I want you to understand who you are. You have new knowledge. You're not who you used to be. And Paul is saying, I'm praying for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and all spiritual understandings. So I want you to understand, you are a child of God this morning. When you gave your heart to Christ, your old life has been exchanged for a new life in Christ. Sin no longer has power over us. Meaning, that when I get into those situations and I want to say that last thing that will hurt that person, I have the power of God to keep my mouth shut. When spouses, we get into it with each other, we can control the situation. Why? Because God's spirit works within us and we can see the best way out of the situation. Amen. My prayer for this church is that we will learn to master that space between the stimulus and the response. If we can learn to control when that stimulation happens and we're able to control that moment before all of a sudden we respond, how many of y'all know we'd be in a better place, wouldn't we? I want to encourage you, you have new knowledge. You're not who you used to be. The second thing I want to encourage you with is not only did God give us new knowledge of His Word, but He gave us a helper, a helpmate called the Holy Spirit. He's given us a new power, everybody, a new power that will strengthen us and will instruct us, will teach us, will help us in every situation. Some of us need to learn to depend on this Holy Spirit more than we depend on our own thinking sometimes. We're in the moment and we hear the report from the doctor. When we're in the moment and we hear the report from our boss and and we're sitting here, all these things are running through our mind. If we can learn to understand I am no longer who I used to be. I am a child of God and Lord, your book, your Bible, your word says this. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to take these thoughts captive and then we can respond to the situation in the right way. Come on, somebody. The Bible says in Colossians one, verse 11, not only does he want to pray for you to be knowledgeable in all wisdom, but he says this, that you will be strengthened with what? Strengthened with what? What? Partial, a partial might from God, partial. No, he said I'll, that you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. The power of God that he gives us to operate in a dark world. The light of Christ that shines out of us. That's why we have to understand we are serving a real God who's, who's real watching over us every day. That's why when I'm living this life, I don't have to just think about the temporary things that will not last. I have an eternal destination that I'm going to. And so then that begins to change how I operate. God, I depend on you. I need you more than anything else. But God, I also know there's a part that I play in this. I must read your word. I must pray. I must worship. I must stand in your presence. I must stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and the balance of those together makes us realize that this life that we live has been exchanged and now i'm no longer living with the things of this earth i'm living with things that are from above i have the spiritual blessings i have the spiritual equipment and the spiritual tools to do what christ has called me to do amen in luke chapter 24 verse 49 here's what the lord says jesus says this he says i am sending forth the promise of my father upon you Well, I guess if the Holy Spirit comes and I have to be a part of this denomination or I have to attend church this many times or I have to read this many chapters in this. No, he says, I'm going to give you a promise, a gift, a free gift, and I'm going to send this spirit upon you. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and even to the remotest, I love this, the remotest parts of the earth. You know what that means? No one can hide from the Lord, everybody. God wants His gospel to go throughout the whole world, to every tribe, nation, tongue, to every family in Madison, Indiana, to every employee, employee and employer that serves in your company or who you work with, your coworkers. God wants His Spirit to find them. Amen, everybody. So not only do we have new knowledge, but we have new power. Meaning this, when I leave this place, no matter what may face me, I can think with the mind of Christ and I can serve with the power of Christ. Amen. The third thing I want to share with you real quick is not only do I have a new knowledge and a new power, but when I gave my hearts to Christ and he exchanged this old life for the new life, he has given me a new spiritual family. Meaning that in this room today, as I look around this room, I have some brothers and sisters that are sitting in here and together, 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 we can turn Madison, Indiana upside down for Christ. We need each other. That's why we have Honor Sunday today. That's why we're honoring those that are 60 and up. Because listen, all of you that are 60 and up, we need you here at Madison Assembly of God. We cannot be a church without you. To all the kids in the room, we need our kids in the room as well. We need generations together working I've told you this many times before. I can't explain to you how many times God has always put people in my life that's helped me through whatever situation I found myself in. God has always been faithful. I'm thankful for our deacons that serve together. I'm thankful for our staff. I'm thankful for all of you that call this place your home because together, living this exchange life, we can make a difference for Christ. Amen, somebody? Ephesians 2.19. These are not in your notes. You can write these down. But Ephesians 2.19 says this, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens. Say that with me. Fellow citizens. With the saints and members of the household of God. If you're in this room and you're struggling with any situation, you need to gather in your spiritual family and say, Hey, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Guys in the room, we need each other. It's not easy being a man in this day and time. I right, come on. We need each other. We need to be accountable to each other. We need to pray for one another because we all go through it. We all have our days. But it's good to have a band of brothers, amen? To all the ladies in the room, you need spiritual sisters in your life that will speak life. We we read yesterday during our time together in our devotions that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. The older men are supposed to instruct the younger men. This is how God placed it, that we help one another. Because there's been many people in my life that spoken life into me, that spared me a lot of distractions and a hard road because I listened to their advice. How many in this room would say, if a young person can listen to me, I will keep them out of a lot of things. Come on, somebody. Now, some of you will have to pray about that. But anyways, no, I'm kidding. I had to loosen up the room. Is everybody okay this morning? In Romans 14, verse 19, we're almost done, everybody. So what what it say here. It says, so then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. That's what we're here to do. We are here to build one another up. If we're tearing people down, how many of y'all know that's not the church? There are some people that won't even come to church today because someone in the church, the pastor in the church, hurt them. If that's your understanding of church, you're going to continue to waller. Waller. Is that how you say it? Waller. All my Kentuckians in the room, is that how I say it? Okay. You're going to continue to waller in your failures and your frustrations. Listen, God did not intend that to happen. Things happen. We are humans. In our our membership class this morning, I told the people, I said, listen, I'm not a perfect pastor. I will mess up. I will do things that will just upset you. But let's talk it out. Let's work it out. Listen, I'm a human being. I'm in my own life transition. I mean, I was made fun of yesterday for being short, Miss Judy Lee. I didn't take it personal, okay? (laughs) I love it. It's so much fun. But listen, we're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to do things that maybe it was not the best choice, but together we can help one another. Romans 14, 19 says we build one another up. First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another. Encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Meaning that there's sometimes we have to get it each, into each other's face and say, you should not be doing that. You shouldn't talk that way. We are different. Why? Because we are living an exchanged life. We're no longer who we used to be. And may I say this as we bring this plane to a landing. Do you all understand that the price that Jesus paid on the, Christ, on the cross was a greater price than any of us could ever pay? Do you realize the significance of a God who has sent his own son, a part of himself, to this earth to die on a cross? Why we were yet sinners? What does the Bible say? Christ died for us. I don't know about you all, but there's days I did not deserve what Jesus did for me. Come on, somebody. And if I say it, I probably don't deserve it any day, right? There's nothing I can do to save myself. But Jesus stepped into the picture. He took on my humanity. He took my failures, my pain, my sin. He took it to the cross because there was no other way. And every day as we live this exchanged life, as we await a move of God, some of us are awaiting a move of God and God is moving even right now. How many all know it's a move of God when you keep your mouth shut in the middle of a conflict? How many all know it's a move of God when a marriage stays together even through hell and high water? How many know it's a move of God when all of a sudden the finances are not where they should be and all of a sudden something happens and God produces a miracle? How many all know that's a move of God? How many of y'all know it's a move of God when you get up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror with messy hair and bedhead and everything else? That's a move of God. You're alive again. How many know it's a move of God when you get into your vehicle and you turn that key and that engine starts one more time? That's a move of God. What does that mean? God is watching over us. He's taking care of us. How many of y'all know when you go out to lunch today or you go eat some tacos today? That's a move of God. Because you could be living in places where there is no food. Come on, somebody. But it was a move of God to place you in this moment, in this time. Are y'all following me? We are living an exchange life. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm new. And God has clothed me with righteousness and power. And now, as I approach Him, I don't come in myself. I come to Him in the name of Jesus. And I say, Lord, Lord, Here I am, your son. Please do do for me what I cannot do for myself. Even through the tragedy of 9-11, God proved himself faithful. Here we are, 2022, and God is still proving himself faithful. Here we are, 68 years as a fellowship in this church, in this house, and through all the up and downs, God is still, his hand is still on us, everybody. We can be in some places and they're closing down every day because God is no longer there, but God is here. Some of you shouldn't be here this morning. You should be dead. Some of you should not have your family. Some of you should not be restored to the things that you have. It may not be what you want, but God has given you what you need, and you sit here today in liberty and freedom in Christ. That's a move of God. Why? Because we're living an exchanged life. I'm going to ask all of you to stand to your feet before we go. I'm just going to ask you just to begin to worship your heavenly Father. And thank Him for the new knowledge that He's given you. Maybe some of you this morning in this room and watching online, maybe you need to go back to the Word and start getting some of this knowledge back into your mind and begin to fight the enemy that's coming against you. Maybe you're here this morning and you need some power that will help you make some decisions as you're coming up on some decisions that have to be made. Or maybe there's some situations in your life and you need the Holy Spirit just to empower you or to speak to you or or guide you. This is the moment to ask him, Holy Spirit, lead us. Fill us up one more time. Maybe you're here and you need a spiritual family. And you need some people to gather around you to hold your hands up because you're discouraged. You've been isolated. And you feel like no one loves you. I want you to know you're in the right place because Madison Assembly of God, we want everyone here. We love you. And we're willing to walk with you through whatever we have to walk through. But pray with me, Lord. We welcome your presence into this room. We thank you for the exchange life. We thank you Lord that we are no longer who we used to be. And God, my prayer for this church is that we will be deeply rooted in you Christ. That we will be deeply rooted that when the floods come or or when the when the when the uh when when when, when the things come that we cannot produce in, Father, the famine. I pray Lord that our roots are so deep in you God that we continue to bear fruit, that we continue to have green leaves, Father. I pray for your people, God. That they will no longer think how they used to think. For those in this room that have given their hearts to you. They are no longer sinners. They are saints. They are no longer slaves. But they are your sons and daughters. And today God I pray. That your knowledge would renew their mind. Of who they are. I pray God that your Holy Spirit power. Will begin to empower us. And fill us up Lord. And let us know that you're with us. And God together. We can move the mountains together. We can walk through the valleys together. We can turn Madison, Indiana upside down for Jesus. Holy Spirit, please deal with your people, Lord. Speak to us.
1: Light of the world You step down into darkness You open my eyes And let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life, spent with you. We make this our prayer right now. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to be. King of all days. Oh, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven, above. God. Humbly you came to the earth you created, and all for love's sake became poor. You put me before so here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together wonderful to me. Here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together loving. All together worthy.
0: All together wonderful to me. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you're watching online and you don't know Christ, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes because this is where the exchange life becomes. If you don't know Christ, I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross so that you could be saved. You no longer have to be who you used to be. You no longer have to walk in darkness. You no longer have to walk in confusion. You no longer have to walk in addiction because Jesus paid it all. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask everyone to join in with me. But pray this with me. Dear Lord, I am a sinner. And I need you, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Take away my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that sin will no longer have strength over me. Sin will
1: no longer have strength over me.
0: But your salvation will flow through me.
1: It's your salvation will flow
0: through me. And that I will be your son or your daughter. I will be your son. From this moment forward, Lord. From this moment forward, I choose you.
1: I choose you. As
0: my Lord, as my, Lord my Savior, my Savior and, my King. and my King. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to come and talk to me at the end of service. I want to help you and walk with you through that process, but here's the good news, everybody. How many you all know it just gets better from there, right? So I'm going to ask everybody to take your hand that are that's here, that knows Jesus. Just place it over your heart. We call that, we're not really talking about your spiritual beating organ or that, that beating organ that's pumping blood. We're talking about the spiritual side of you. And I'm just going to ask you to just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I just pray for your people right now that you would renew our hearts and our minds. I pray, Lord, right now that no matter where we're at on our journey, maybe there's some on the mountaintop, maybe there's some in the valley, maybe there are some in the moment of decision. I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will live the exchanged life. I pray right now, Lord, that as they are laying their hands on themselves, that the power of God would flow through them and renew their minds, give them the knowledge that they need in whatever circumstance. I pray, God, for the power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us. No matter what we need, no matter where we're at or what we're going through, I pray that your Holy Spirit power just would operate through us. And, Father God, I pray that you would strengthen this spiritual family. We thank you for all those that are 60 and up. God, we pray a blessing on them. But Lord, I pray also for this generation that we will follow in their footsteps, that when we become 60, God, that there's a generation behind us that will stand on our shoulders. So God, I pray that you would strengthen this church. I pray that you would strengthen every person in this room and may your hand walk with us as we leave this place. And I pray, God, that we will turn the world upside down as we begin our week. I pray, God, that your light would shine through us and I pray that your Holy Spirit would operate And may we be obedient in the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen.